muster together, my seafaring friends, as we set sail with an Aussie and a Yank. Hi, Nancy. How are you today, darling? Oh, I'm doing real good today. How are you doing, Jen? Hang on a minute. I got a phone call coming in. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Oh, dude. Hang, hang on. Oh, it's John Chernesky. <gasps> Should I answer it? No way. No, no, yes. no, no, no. Yes, yes. Come on. Hang on. Okay, hang on. Hang on. Okay, okay. Hello, this is the Aussie. How are you? Hello, Ozzy. I'm doing very well. How are you on this glorious day? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Oh, great. Well, as you hopefully know, I'm John Cherneski. I'm the Senior Vice President of uh, Sales and Trade Marketing at Princess Cruises and uh, Cunard Line. And uh, just thought I'd, you know, interrupt your day and have a little chat, if you don't mind. <gasps> this is are you, interruption. Are you going to do the pod with us? No. <laughs> No. Oh. No, of course. I would, I would like to. <laughs> I would well, be honored. It would be my honor. If our That's audience honor. isn't aware, this is John Chinesky. He's uh, what we call the Prince of the uh, Princess. He's uh, awesome. We love John. We love all his puppeteer work and we love all the uh, scripts and everything that he does for his shows. He's pretty good. Very good. So Nance, do you want to start our show off and ask Mr. Chinesky a couple of questions, love? Do I, do I, do I, do Okay, so John, I understand that you come from a seafaring family. Your father was naval, was he career Navy? He was. He was career Navy. And, and is that how you got your start in cruising? I mean, no. it seems no, like- No, it's just job. very, uh... I don't know what the word is, but just serendipitous, I guess, that I was born, you know, uh, in a Navy household. My dad was in submarines. I was born in Hawaii. Uh, I lived all up and down the East Coast of America at different naval bases. And then he eventually retired as the captain of a battleship, uh, which is pretty incredible. And uh, I just stumbled upon this job uh, actually right out of college. Uh, and I graduated college, of course, when I was four years old. Uh, with Princess 28 years ago, and uh, I've been with the company ever since. I'm actually about to celebrate my 28th year. I remember my first day like it was yesterday. Uh, and so, no, it was just this one of those weird things where I ended up in with Princess. And so my dad was on battleships and I was on the love boat. Who knew? Oh, fabulous. <laughs> That's so yeah. fabulous. So you're actually a Navy brat. I am. Go Navy. Beat Army. It's a oh, thing. No, no, no. <laughs> in the Army, so you know what? Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a battle there, Alan. <laughs> I'm staying out. My dad yeah. was Navy, and my brother was uh, Reserve. Oh, Naval great. Reserve. Great. So, yeah. yeah. So I have a lot of appreciation for those who have served because of the sacrifice, not on them, but also on their families. And I tell you what, that's the hardest toll is often the families and the sacrifices they make. And you know, moving every two years when I was a kid was not always easy and uh, acclimating to a new school. But thanks to my charm and good looks, I managed to pull it off. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a wonderful history there. That's probably really awesome for being in, the, in a travel industry is the history to be able to move around, pick up and run with it. Literally, that's just awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. And is. yes, we want to salute all our veterans and everybody who's currently um, serving. So thank you very much. Don't forget, officers, sorry, offers wonderful, wonderful um, onboard credit for you guys and discounts when you come cruising with Princess. Yeah, we like to say we have the best military benefit in the industry, up to $250 on onboard credit, depending on how long your voyage is for active duty, retired, uh, for not just the U.S., Canada, the Royal, uh, the British, the Aussies. We just cover all of the major um, major countries and major uh, armed forces. So just our way of saying thanks. Thank you. Cheers to you. Yeah, thank you. So um, one of the reasons why I love Cruising Princess is because as soon as I, well, actually from the time I do my booking, I'm always excited and everything else. But I get treated like a princess when I, I get on board. Can you sort of explain, you know, what might be a little bit different, you know, this next time we sort of go sailing? Do you think all of that's going to change? You know, are we still going to have all that wonderful special treatment that we get on a cruise ship? Boy, I sure hope so. Um, let me talk real quick about you mentioned as soon as you make your booking, you get excited. And I have I've been really focusing on this and a lot of the conversations I've been having with everyone because I had the same feeling when I make a, when I plan a trip, it could be a year away. I get so excited for that trip, right? It's I'm always thinking about it. And I thought there must be some research that validates what's going on in my body. And it, there is a couple very robust studies that were done that proves people derive most of their happiness from a vacation trip, anticipating it, not actually going on the trip. And it's that the endorphins that your body releases, the, the, the power of that happiness, the jolt of happiness that you get because you're looking forward to it. And I was trying to figure out, and the, the study goes through many different reasons why, but the thing that really resonated with me is that you don't ever imagine your trip being bad or that the weather being bad or, oh, my luggage is going to get lost. I can't wait for my luggage to get lost on the way to Venice. No, you imagine the, the Nirvana state, right? This perfect state. And that's why I'm really encouraging everybody, get a trip on the books right now. Book it for 2021, later in 20, whatever it, just something for you to look forward to. So once we do return to service, to answer your question, um, yeah, I, I don't know the answer exactly what's going to be different, but I am sure it will be different on some level in terms of the buffets are probably going to be different. I don't imagine you're going to have uh, a thousand people crammed together in a theater to see a big production show sitting elbow to elbow like we've done in the past. But that's just me you know, my opinion at this point, because we really don't know what's going to come of it. But what I do know is that the same service is going to be there and the same attention to detail and what, and what we take pride in and delivering on our great food and the entertainment, it's just going to be in a different way. Uh, but I can't wait to get back out there for sure. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I think it's going to be better. Honestly, I really feel it's going to be better what's happening, what's go, what we're all going through. I can only see that what the services, I mean, the services that, and the cleanliness and everything else that goes on behind the closed doors is only going to get better, you know? Um, just yeah. remember, but, you know, getting on a ship is the biggest thing, it's getting there. Yeah, and I think the industry has, you know, we take, a lot of uh, unfair shots, especially in the media, as it relates to the health and safety factor. And I think part of that is because we report so much and we're so transparent with everything that happens on our ships, whereas not every other industry can say that. 
And I actually heard a stat the other day that I wanted to share. Um, I don't normally talk about this stuff, but there's a, uh, an illness called norovirus, which is not a very pleasant thing to go through. And people think it's, the, it's a cruise industry problem. It's only on cruise ships. So our chief medical officer was talking to me uh, the other day, and he said that uh, norovirus, although it's considered to be uh, a cruise line problem, of all the cases of norovirus that take place, one out of 4,000 happen on a ship. One out of 12 happen on shore. So the case rate is much higher uh, shoreside than it is on the ship, but nonetheless, we're perceived as that. So I think we have, the reason I'm bringing this up is not to talk about norovirus, but to talk about the fact that we have very stringent health standards and we are only going to be better as, as you're saying, right? And those are only going to get better. And the, the way we're going to tackle this, I'm very confident in our team's ability to really address this and make sure people are safe. Yeah, that's, that's our number one concern. So yeah, book a holiday for the end of 21, 22 guys, I'm here. Uh, you know, Chris Travel Guru, Aussie and Yang, come on, let's go people. <laughs> All right, I have to plug my business in. Come on. Please, plug away. <laughs> okay, so even back when I was working with Princess, mm -hmm. going back a couple of years, uh, Princess had already introduced the Ocean Medallion. Now, so Princess was already ahead of the curve when it came to touch less, not touch free, touch less technology. Yeah. That could only be a step in the right direction for the entire industry. But could you explain the Ocean Medallion for our listeners who wouldn't understand it as well? Sure. Might be happy to. Um, so I actually have my medallion from when I sailed on the Sky Princess last December. And I'll see if I can show it here. Whoa. And it shows clearly. That's it. Small. It's like the size of a coin. And what it does, it's, it's amazing technology, but it's not about the technology. It's about the convenience and the freedom that you're given and the time that you're given back to experience your vacation. It's all about reducing the friction points that might happen on any vacation and on a cruise as well. It's trying to limit your time waiting in line. It's trying to make sure when you get on the ship, you're doing so as quickly as possible. It's supporting lazy people like me who don't want to get out of their lounge chair to go get a drink or to wave a, a steward down who happens to be walking by because you can use your phone, your own personal phone to have uh, access to order anything you want pretty much anywhere on the ship. You could be on the balcony of your stateroom and say, I want uh, uh, the best burger at sea or the best pizza at sea and a bucket of beers and it will come to you. And so that convenience factor is really what it's all about. And we're the team that, that is focused on the medallion class has really been working during this downtime to enhance even more of the services. And I was just on a call with that team the other day and they mentioned that it's all about, you know, normally you think, well, if I'm, I'm, I can only order a drink from a bar steward or a bartender. That's not the case now. You could find any crew member, no matter where you are. So imagine this, and they're going to hate me for saying this, but imagine you're sitting on the deck and the captain walks by. Captains are going to hate me. But the captain walks by and you say, and the captain says, hi, hey, how are you doing? Are you enjoying your cruise? And you say, you know, I'm having a great time. And he says, well, do you need anything? And you say, yeah, I would love uh, a rum and Coke. And he says, and he can take his, his phone out. He can order you a rum and Coke and walk away. Now the captain doesn't have to deliver it. And actually he's not going to deliver because that's not his job. <laughs> but 
the, the, the order gets picked up and will be delivered to you by the person who's designated to be the server in that area. And so that extension of service to every crew member you encounter, personally, I think that's really cool. And so it's going to be an even greater experience when it, when it launches back, hopefully at the end of this year. Now, if I understood it correctly at the time, if you were going to one of the shows in the theater and you wanted to have your rum and coke waiting for you, you were able to do that as well. So you pre-ordering as yeah, well? We, we don't do some, we were talking about that at one point about having pre-order at a set time and the complications of that. And you know what people are like, you know, I'm gonna be in the theater at nine o'clock and then they never show up. So we tend <laughs> to do it more, it's, it's on-demand ordering. So um, you, you can order it and then they will track you down. You know, Cause you might be in one part of the theater and place the order or you're walking into the theater. You don't have to stand there and wait for them to deliver it to you you can go find your seat and then have it brought to you as long as it's before the show starts. Once the show starts, then the service stops because we don't want to interrupt the performance. But yeah, that's the idea. So it's like an itty bitty GPS system. Yeah, kind of. I mean, this little thing has all sorts of technology in it and there are 7,000 sensors on the ship that basically triangulate where your location, where you are, where you're located on the ship. Um, and it's great for finding your family and friends on board. So as a father of twin boys, I can know where are my boys at all times. Are they in the kids center or why are they, wait, why are they in the, the buffet? Why are they in the horizon court again? They're eating more food. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that really does sound cool. And does this work with your phone? Like it's a smart device as well? It, so you download an app um, called the Medallion Class app and then all the functionality is featured within that. But here's the thing. I get a lot of these comments from people that say, oh, I, I don't want to use my phone on my vacation. Um, I don't want to have to be worried about, you know, uh, roaming charges, which, by the way, once you set it on airplane mode, you get free Wi-Fi on the ship's internal Wi-Fi. You don't have to worry about it. So there's actually no cost for using it on the ship. But let's say you just don't have a phone or you don't want to use it. Um, you don't need it. You just you just need the medallion. And then you can use your, your TV screen in your cabin. There's a touch screen that you can use to order things. Or like I said, you find a crew member and they'll take care of everything for you and order it up and have it delivered. Wow. That's just so awesome, isn't it? I mean, I have, yeah. oh, look, the last Princess Cruise I was on was on Majestic Princess in Australia in 2018. Yeah. And um, she had not had that technology rolled out on her yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm really, I'm really excited to actually jump on the next ship really to uh, try the medallion class out. I mean, I love the princess app that you guys had because, you know, you can text somebody and say, Hey, where are you? What are you doing? It also has everything from, you know, what time a show is on, what time dining is available. I love that app. And it's the only app on a cruise ship that works. Trust me that. And there's another company <laughs> out there that actually work. The others don't. So I love it. That's that. funny. I love it. Well, all that functionality of the Princess at Sea app has been integrated into the Medallion Class app and much more. And so that's what we're excited about uh, for you to experience, hopefully very soon. Yeah, that would be great. Will the Medallion be fleet-wide eventually, especially in light of everything that's going on? That's the goal. Um, we don't have a time frame exactly uh, that we've publicized, but I mean, we're clearly our goal is to have as many ships as possible, as soon as possible, up and running. And so kind of, I always say, watch this space. We'll be announcing more ships being launched. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, that's definitely the way of the future. And, you know, we want to have a consistency across our fleet. And so that's really the goal is to have every ship so that people, if they get off one ship and they go on another, they don't have a totally different experience. That's not what we're, what we're out to do. So uh, I expect that to happen. It's just a question of time. It's why I say princess. When I jump on a ship, I'm always treated like a princess. It doesn't matter what ship I'm on in the fleet. I always get treated like a princess. I, I love a princess. Question is, you know, we all have bucket lists. So do you have a bucket list of itineraries that you want or places you want to go to? And then sort of that particular place, what you want to do there. So in other words, your excursions, you know, what sort of, or what previous excursion would you recommend at a destination that you may have been to? So you can choose one of those. Okay. Uh, great question. I love talking about travel in general, and I love talking, talking about things that relate to me because I'm selfish and it's all about me. So, um, you know, this year in 2020, I was actually supposed to be doing this month uh, in like a week's time. We were meant to leave to go on the first ever ultimate uh, cruise tour is what it's called. Because as you know, in Alaska, Princess is the number one brand in Alaska. We carry more people there than anybody. We get the, the accolades from the various awards that are given out. And so we, we don't rest lightly on that. We take it very seriously. And we own and operate five lodges in the interior of Alaska. And what I say to people is if you're going to go to Alaska, Typically, it's a long it's a long way to go. Most people don't live in Alaska or close by. And so we, if you're going to go there, I really recommend you tack on a few days for what we call our cruise tour experience, where you get to go to one of our lodges. Mm -hmm. uh, and just because the interior of Alaska is very different than the coastline. It's just a different world. And so we own and operate five lodges, like I mentioned, but we've never done a tour before where you get to go to all five. And that's what we were going to get to do this summer. We had a book, me and my, my wife and two kids, and you get to spend two nights at each of the five lodges and then do a seven day cruise. So it's a 17 day trip. So it's a long trip. Oh, no, uh, no, and no, 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 17 days is not long enough. That's what you should be saying. Well, for an Australian, yeah, Australians, you guys just take like the month off and go somewhere. I love that about you. Whereas, you know, dumb Americans are like, oh my God, two weeks is too long. So <laughs> you have it right. We don't for sure. Um, and so I was so excited. I had been to uh, two of our lodges before, just on business trips actually years ago. And I've been to Alaska several times on, on both business and on, on pleasure trips. Um, but I was just so excited to go and uh, experience with my kids. Cause it's all about experiencing things with my kids. It's not as much as I say I'm selfish and I, I am. Um, it's really about trying to give them those experiences as, as best I can as a father to share with them so to go whitewater rafting in Alaska, to go and see some bears, to go fly fishing, um, just hiking. And, you know, I live in Los Angeles and to go in and hike in fresh air and trees and nature uh, is just such a wonderful experience for me to get away from where I live, the concrete jungle of L.A. So uh, I was so excited for that. And listen, we've had some wonderful trips in the past in Alaska and doing the my favorite to answer your question about my favorite experience on a tour is a hard question to answer because I've done so many great ones, but I would have to say the helicopter trip out to the ice field in Juneau to go ride with the sled dogs um, was probably a highlight for us. And I was very much looking forward to repeating that this summer. Awesome. But next year we'll have to do it in 21. 
Yeah. I, one of my favourites is going to the Panama um, and in particular Costa Rica and doing the mm. volcanoes and, you know, the hiking and, you know, I'm not quite there now, but the hiking, definitely. And the animals were just so spectacular. I love, you know, that's another cruise that I say to people, don't leave until you're too old to do because... It's, it's such an adrenaline rush doing the Panama Canal. And mm. honestly, as an oldie, I can't see myself, you know, hanging on to the zip line going down. Oh, well, I might, yeah, I might do that. But you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. I hear you. That's but, awesome. I've never been to Panama Canal, so I'm excited. And one day, that's definitely on my list. My bucket list is very long of the places that I, I want to go eventually. Um, I, but, I can yeah, recommend that. I did that on Coral Princess, and that was just one of the most awesome cruises I have absolutely done. And cruising through the Panama Canal, I know you have to wake up so damn early in the morning, but it's definitely worth it to wait there in line and go through the three locks. And then, you know, you turn around, well, by then I'm already on, a, on an excursion. But also come back and do the locks again that's just such an awesome experience and i'm really thankful i did it while i was younger yeah that's definitely cool. so nancy it's up to you love okay this is going to be probably a little bit of a brain tease for you but fleet-wide what would you believe to be the most underutilized feature venue or attraction that people would love if they just knew about it? Hmm, good question. Um, well, I always believe that there's, even on a ship with a lot of people, um, the, the way the ships are designed is to create a bunch of small venues and small experiences. And a lot of people know about the sanctuary. And so that's a very popular place to kind of get away and it, people line up to get there and, and make your reservations and all that. So that's not exactly a secret but i would say there's i always end up finding some little nook on the deck right usually on the aft end of the ship for some reason people don't tend to go wandering on the aft end which for those of you who haven't cruised is the back end of the ship um and i always end up finding just this nice little nook and there's a bar usually nearby but now with medallion class you don't have to worry about it because they'll just bring the drink right to you <laughs> wherever you are and just to find a quiet place to kind of get away um, I always, you know, that's to me is a highlight is finding where's that nook going to be that little, that hidden gem. Um, and so that's the, everything else I think is, is, is not necessarily uh, a secret, but I do say if you're from a dining perspective, if you haven't signed up or experienced the chef's table uh, with princess, I've done the chef's table experience with most ever, every other cruise line. And I have to say with, with great pride, we do it the best because we actually bring you into the galley and we get you to meet the various chefs and see how it's all done. And the, the head chef is there. Um, I actually did a, a chef's table on another cruise line and never actually met the chef. And I'm like, this is the chef's table. How are we not meeting the chef? So anyway, I think we do an amazing job of that. And it's a lot of food and I love to eat. And so uh, if you got, if you can figure it out and make the reservation, that to me is kind of a nice little secret. I agree. You guys are still doing Curtis Stone, right? He's still doing curate yeah, so yeah he's got dedicated restaurants uh on three of our ships called share 
And then he also, in the main dining room, we feature a number of his dishes that he has uh, crafted and taught our chefs how to make. And I, whenever his dishes are on the menu, I have to order them. Uh, even if I don't, if I look at that and I think oh, that doesn't sound interesting, it's always good. Like everything about, about Curtis. And I tell you what, I've been very privileged in my, in my life, but in my job to meet some very special people. Uh, my most favorite is Gavin McLeod, uh, who played Captain Steubing on The Love Boat. But I have spent some time with Curtis in his kitchen. And uh, he's just one of those people that is just an amazing man. He's an, he's an amazing chef. And he's, it's so annoying because he's gorgeous. He's super <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's ridiculous how attractive he is. And I do a lot of filming and a lot of videos. I have, I've done a lot of videos with him. And I don't think he's ever needed a second take. It's so annoying. It's like, how can you be this good at everything you do? He juggles so much, you know, I don't know how he can cope with everything. He just juggles so much and he's got yeah. two kids and his wife and he lives in Hollywood. It's an amazing challenge, I'm sure, for him sometimes. He's pretty down to earth. That's what I found with Curtis. He's very much down to earth. On a, a normal day, he's pretty good. He's awesome. So do you guys have a gathering where all Aussies get together? Because you all know each other, right? All Australians know each other. Is that true? Uh, Absolutely. They keep me out of it. I have no idea. They, they said, you don't belong, and they sent me away. Yeah, they can see. They can tell. They can tell. It has to do with the accent. I'm not real sure. <laughs> I, I'm very fortunate. I actually um, worked in the federal government in Australia. So, I've, yeah, I, I've been around a few hobnobs, to say. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't think so, you know. We just sort of, you know, hang out, chill, and whoever comes along, we don't sort of go, you know, it's... The more thing. relaxed. Uh, yeah. You know what? They're just the same as you. So, yeah. Most but people... they're not. They're not. They're special, they're pretty, and they're rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the difference. The rich. You're right. <laughs> oh. Go on, well, Nancy. What else? I have two partner for you here. Okay. Um, the first part is you have become a bit of a media sensation yourself. You are your own media star. Um, so my question goes to how, do you have a team that does this with you or is this all John, his head going just a little, you know, haywire? Or do you have help going haywire? I have a lot of help. And when I first <laughs> When, and I blame it all on them. When I first started my uh, presence on Facebook, as an example, um, and I always I say this to everybody that be careful what you wish for. And you have to feed the beast with Facebook. You have to be very regular with what you post. And once we started it, hey, we started it, we launched it. And then I was like, oh, man, we got to post something tomorrow. We got to do something again. And so coming up with content, it's listen, content is king. I read an article the other day that Netflix is going to spend in 2020 $17 billion producing or buying content to show on their platform. $17 billion. That's a lot of money. And so content is king. Um, and so I'm very fortunate. When I first started, I was just coming up with various ideas. And then it just kind of morphs to the team you have. And I made it very clear that I was open to any and all ideas. And so it's a pretty small group. We have a social media manager who helps out. Her main job is to focus on the main princess account, but she'll, she'll help out uh, with, with my page. And then I've got a, a team um, that works for me that will just come up with ideas. And 
we'll do video production. We'll just come up with funny memes. Um, like the keep con the lady Taylor I mentioned, so she works for social media for princess. She came up with this meme. I'll show you. I'm not showing you my body. I'm just showing you the shirt. So she came up with a meme that says keep calm and call a travel advisor. And so that meme has taken a life on its own and she came up with it and it's now out there. I had a lady on my team who came in and said, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if you had a bobblehead? And so I said, that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Let's buy a thousand. And so we did. And so it's really just about encouraging people to embrace the stupidity that has become my persona and the fun of my persona. And that's what we do. And so we have a lot of fun with it. So I'm very lucky. to Love your posts. Absolutely adore them. It's what sort of you stand out, you know, and that's what I think people want, you know, it's not all serious. It's not all, yeah. you know, all this one line you know so you've got to kind of go out there and feel a little bit be a little bit stupid it doesn't matter you know it's the reason yeah. why we chose to do this is because you know the industry has sort of changed and so okay let's go with it let's do a couple of pods see how we go and here we are <laughs> we're yeah. like you now so we're very lucky thank you well, I think the most important advice that I give to people, uh, which I receive myself is be yourself, right? Don't try and be something that you're not. And I just have always been kind of a funny person. I was class clown in high school and, you know, I'm embracing that stupidity and enjoying the fact that we work in a very fun industry. You know, we're not curing cancer here. We're, we're traveling the world. We're seeing the world. We're delivering great experiences to our clients, our guests. And I think embracing the fun that comes with that is super important. And I don't like to take myself too seriously and that's hopefully that shows through, but you know, it's interesting on my post. I will say this, the most reaction I get when I post something on Facebook or put out a video is if it's a personal story, people love to hear personal stories. They don't want to hear kind of that stock marketing, um, speak or marketing imagery. They want to see your pictures. They want to hear your stories. And so I really am a big proponent. You guys are living the dream and what you do in telling your own stories and being a storyteller. That's what gets people excited to go on trips. And so that's what I really embrace. And that's what we're trying to do. Let's hear that. Because John, my next question to you <laughs> was going to ask you to break down some of the walls and give us one of your funniest personal travel experiences, if you would, please. Oh my goodness. My funniest travel story. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have to keep it clean. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> you do not need to keep it clean. <laughs> not for us anyway. <laughs> you can do two stories if you'd like the dirty one and the clean oh one. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys are funny. Um, we want the debt. Come on, share it with us. Well, Okay, I'll tell you, this is, I was on a, it's a two-parter on a trip to Alaska, and I was there on work. So we would, this was an, an old job. I, as like I said, I've been with Princess for 28 years, and I spent a number of, uh, the majority of my years in the operations team, so helping to deliver the products on board. And so I was on what we call the onboard revenue team. So I looked after, you know, photo, casino, spa, all those different operations on board. And we were visiting the ships in Juneau. We would fly to Juneau, Alaska, park ourselves there for a week, and the ships would come in every day. And we would go and meet with the ships, and that was our way of connecting with them and being out there. So 
um, invariably I would have some time off, like a half day or in some cases a full day off. And I had one half day where I wanted to go to um, the gym. I, I called a local gym and I wanted to go work out. And I was walking to the gym and it was a light rain. Now keep in mind, I live in the desert of Northern Los Angeles County where it never rains. And so I was like a kid in a candy store walking in the rain. I thought it was so cool. And I grew up in the rain, so it's not like I'm not never seen the rain before. But um, I was just, it was just this weird moment. And I'm walking along, having this great time. And all of a sudden this truck drives by and just crashes into a puddle and just douses me with water. Now, normally... I would be very upset. I'm just, I would be PO'd, right? And I just laughed. I thought it was the funniest thing. And then this, and then that same trip, I was meeting with a, a friend of mine, Tim, who's from uh, Australia, actually. And we were going to go on a hike up Mount Roberts. This is the, the, there's a tramway that takes you up to the top of the mountain behind where a lot of the hotels and, and whatnot are in Juneau. And, but you can hike up the hill. And so, the two of us said, let's do that. So we met for a coffee and we were just kind of, it's not very clear how to get to the trailhead. And so we're both sipping our cappuccinos or whatever. And we're walking. He's got brand new running shoes on or trainers as the Aussies would call it. And I've, I'm, we're not dressed for this at all. We haven't told anybody where we're going. And we start walking up this hill and we're now on the trailhead. And this guy comes down the hill and he is where he's got like hefty bags that are duct tape around his feet because he has spent the night in the mountain he looked like grizzly adams and we're like oh good morning and he just looked at us like <laughs> stupid tourists and so we're walking along and we're now about a quarter mile into the trip and we're both you know, we're both carrying empty coffee cups and I was like well what are we going to do with these like we can't just chuck them on the trail there's no trash cans like we got it so we now like putting them in our pockets and and then then we're worried about bears. And so we're, too, we're clapping our hands to try and scare the bears. And it was just one of those stupid moments that I always remember when I think about Alaska um, because of how much fun it was and just that it was different. And then another story, same, same place many years before. We were in Juneau and we did a flight plane out to the Taku Smokery. A lot of people have been there. It's this little hut that's at the foot of this um, glacier and there's this this just right on the water it's gorgeous and they do a, a cookout of salmon and you're in the you're, you're having the dinner and then as soon as the salmon is cooked and there's probably about 30 people there the bears come out because they smell the they've smelled the salmon cooking right and they want to eat the scraps off the grill even though it's hot which is very strange for me and so I'll never forget, we're all facing the, this way and the, the grill's over there. And the, and the guy who's cooking has this huge can of like pepper spray that he must have bought at Costco. It was huge to, to spray, you know, a bear if it came after him, plus a big stick, although I wouldn't want just a stick if I was dealing with a bear. And then all of a sudden we look off to our left and there was this bear walking towards us. And me and like four other guys run at the bear to try and take its picture like dumb tourists right and the guy, the guy is yelling at us like no 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 no! don't run at the bear like this isn't an animatronic like this is a real bear and so i'll, I'll never forget that moment of running at a bear to take his picture in <laughs> disney world right yeah like it's not a real animal so yeah it was a funny moment anyway that's all i that's the, what came to my mind that's awesome <laughs> i love that that's awesome i mean we've we've got our own travel horror stories as well so you know i don't know if you listen to any of our pods but i think one of the first few that we did was about horror stories oh 
that's always fun. I, I've actually been very lucky in all the travels I've done. Um, I've been pretty lucky not to have and I'm touching wood here because I know it's just only a matter of time. But you know, one of the best expressions for that, I was at a, a business conference and a colleague of mine who works for Carnival, Mike, uh, had a horrible flight situation. He was delayed for like a day. It was just a nightmare for him to get there. And he gets there and I said, what happened? And you know what his answer was? He said, it was my turn. <laughs> and I, said, I said, what do you mean? He said, you just playing the odds. Like at some point, something's going to go wrong. And it was my turn. It's okay. I'm like, what a great attitude to have. And I think we should all embrace that attitude that stuff happens and embrace it when it doesn't enjoy the moment. It's not the end well, of the world. One of the, the stories that I was telling was this photographer from Alaska, actually. He was flying to Brazil, got on a plane, but ended up in France. He was a National Geographic photographer. <sighs> Okay. And he woke up, hop off the plane, and he goes, okay, this does not look like Brazil. Where am I? And, you know, here's the French speaking and all the rest of it. He caught the wrong plane. <gasps> and they let him on. Yes. 27 hours later, he did arrive in Brazil. <laughs> and he said, well, what am I going to do? I just have to enjoy it. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, you, that's hilarious. Could you imagine being on a plane? Like, you had to fly from Canada to France. Okay, so that's already okay. If he's on the East Coast or the West Coast, best case scenario, East Coast, you're looking at 10 hours there. Then another 27 hours to get to Brazil. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Poor that's guy. Like I'm oh my God. flying from Australia to Europe. Come on, that's what we Aussies do. <laughs> Seriously, that's Am amazing. I the only person that thinks this man naps just a little too hard? <laughs> yeah, seriously. And did you not notice all the French people around you and um, <laughs> French custom form and all? Oh my gosh, that's funny. I know. But he must have taken one of those drugs that knocked him out, and that was say, the end of it. That was a good ambient eater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any time I go flying with my husband, being ex-army, he's already out of sleep before, you know, I'm kind of relaxed in my little chair there and we haven't even taken off yet. And he's, <laughs> and so That's many a good army guy. Sleep when you can sleep when you can. So many times the hostesses or the attendants come up and kick him in his shoes to say, wake up, dude, you got to be awake for takeoff. And, he's, <laughs> sure. and the next minute it's, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, John, I, I can't thank you enough for giving us your time and your energy today. And I know that this is a crazy time for you guys and for you to carve out even a little time for us has meant the world. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great, great talking with you both. And I appreciate your passion for what you do and, and spreading the good word of travel. And listen, we're going through a tough time. It's, we have some learning to do and we're going to apply best practices and the best learnings um, and using the best science that we have to make sure that once we do set sail, it's going to be safe and people should feel comfortable. And I can't wait to get out there with my family. I'm not going to hesitate. So, but I, uh, I just want to say thank you and, and we'll get through this. We will. Thank you so much, John. My pleasure. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. What do you think? Sure. No, no, no. Just say goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Don't forget that I blog. <laughs> Which I haven't done it forever.
All right, everybody. See you in two weeks. It's been fun. And um, again, thanks to John Cherneski and always thanks to my dear friend, the Aussie Jen. And I want to say goodbye to Nancy. Thank you so much for being with us today. And John, thank you so much. We do appreciate you. We know that you're very busy and always hobnobbing it and rubbing shoulders with all those fancy people in Los Angeles. Thank you so much, everybody. Bye. Bye. Now I should leave. Travel advisor for this episode is hashtag cruise travel guru. Executive producer and editing of this audio is the Aussie. Co-producer is the Yank. All opinions expressed in this audio are of Aussie and a Yank and remain their opinions. Follow, like, subscribe and share. Aussie and a Yank on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube.